0: I was, as a little boy, I was taught about the judgment of the world as some future event. I don't know as a young man was I ever brought into view, at least as far as I can remember, was I ever brought in view of what Jesus said here. I may have read what Jesus said here. I probably did. But I was never brought into view in my heart of the judgment of the world pertaining to Christ in the cross. Never thought about it. That he judged the world. So, now, he said, he's going to the cross. He says, now is the judgment of the world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And if I be lifted up from there, it will draw all men unto me. And like I said, you, you to follow on where I'm at this afternoon, I highly recommend you to go back and listen to this earlier broadcast that was on Facebook and will be out on YouTube and Podbean. So so we find here the judgment of the world. I, I want to try to keep from repeating everything I said this morning and move on. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. We can assume... That is the devil. And probably partially true, but maybe not wholly. The prince of the world, if I study my Bible, and I'm always going to throw you into the Word, that's always what the Lord does, and He challenges my heart, and many times He corrects my heart. Many times uh, the Lord will come in and correct me. But if you go back to Genesis, in Genesis... Chapter 1, in verse 27, it says here that, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So man in Genesis in the creation was given dominion of the earth. Psalms 8 verse 6 says, You make him to rule over the works of your hands. Speaking of man. You have put all things under His feet. So we see in man this dominion in the earth. The ruler of the world is mankind. you ever thought of that? You, you see this in the natural world today. You see, you see rules that come out of the heart of men that are contrary in every way, shape, and form to the Lord. But they come right out of the heart of man, and they're executed in the earth. So God's going to have to catch our hearts and minds to the reality of the judgment of His cross. The the reality here is what Paul writes to the Galatians. I am crucified to the world. I'm crucified to man's mandates. Man has no dominion over me. Christ does. See, this is a hard concept to get a hold of. Man, who had dominion of the earth, was filled with darkness with Satan. We all should know this story, all of us probably do. He ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and his conscious awareness became darkened. He became filled with darkness and not light. So everything that he operated out of was, was really what Jesus says, how great is that darkness. If that eye be single, it will be full of light, but if, it's not single. It'll be filled with darkness. So man is, is, in himself is full of darkness. All men. The whole man. But, but here Jesus is speaking and he's of the cross and He says, Now is the judgment of the world. Now shall the rule of this world be cast out. Flip over to John 14. John 14 verse 30. Here, Jesus says to his disciples, I will no longer much talk with you, for the prince or ruler, this translation I've got here, says for the ruler of this world is coming, he has no claim on me. But I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. Now, I've read John 14 for years. In fact, one of the greatest realities in my heart is John 14, 20. At that day you'll know I'm in the Father, you're in me, and I'm in you. But the context of this scripture in John 14 is the what we've called the Last Supper, the Passover meal. If you go back to John 13, you'll see that. That what Jesus is speaking to these disciples of is the Passover meal. In fact, flip back to John 13... And we'll see if we can't, verse 1 says, verse 1, Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world into the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end, and supper being ended, the devil having now put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Another scripture says the devil entered Judas' heart. So Judas was going to betray betray Jesus. Satan entered his heart. And get this, if you read from 13 to 14, Jesus says, now the prince of this world comes. Now who, who was coming? Of course, the devil was coming in Judas, but who else was coming with Judas? Who, who did Judas betray Jesus to? Have you ever considered this? Judas betrayed Jesus to the priesthood of Israel. Who was the ruler of their world? Wouldn't it have been the high priest? Was it man under sin or under the authority of the law through the priesthood of Moses? So the ruler of the world, of course, we know it's man in general, but Jesus said specifically, That the ruler of this world comes and he finds nothing. He has nothing on me. So what did they do to Jesus when they come? What did they do? I've got all kinds of scriptures down here. I've read through them. You can go back and read your Bible from John 14 or John 13. Read it to the end of John and see what they do. They take him in and question him. They take him to... I believe, Annas first, who was the father of Caiaphas, or the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest. And they began to question him of what he was doing and what he was saying. And they were questioning him to accuse him. That's why he said, they have nothing, The, the ruler has nothing in me. He can find nothing with me. And that's that's what the Scripture says. I believe it's in the book of Luke or Matthew 1. It says that they brought all kinds of accusations against Jesus, but they could find nothing against Him. In fact, Pilate says of Jesus, says, I find no fault in this man. So So there was no fault found in Jesus. He had no fault the ruler of this world come and took Him to crucify Him. Now, now I could say both the devil and Judas and the Israelites there, the priesthood, exemplified the ruler of the world. And they took Jesus out with no fault to put Him to death. And had they not had they known what they were doing, Paul writes later, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Flip over to 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. For time's sake, I won't read all these scriptures, because if I did, I would be more than my 30-minute allotment. We would be back to the probably the hour in the fellowship, and I'm trying not to do that, but 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Are you perfect or complete? This is what Paul wrote. We speak wisdom among them that are complete or perfect. Yet not the wisdom of this world nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom. Who's it hidden from? It's hidden from the world. For which God ordained before the world and to our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Who crucified him? The Jews. These were the princes of the world. These were the rulers of the world were the Jews. The Jews and the Romans, the Romans put him to death, but the Romans put him to death through the Jews. Go read your Bible. Had they known it, they would not have put him to death. They would not have crucified the Lord of glory but as it is written, I have not seen, ear, have not heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that, loved him, that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So we're given His Spirit to know. And if we were still under that old law, we would still be bound in not the knowledge of God, we would be, you know, we would be bound in the knowledge of the sins of the flesh. That's what the law did to us. Now, the law was holy and just. Again, I want to be clear. I do not speak ill of the law of God. It came from God, was of God, spoke of God, was the oracle of God. So so I hear people sometimes say the law... I've heard people say the law is not of God. And I, and I I would say and have said to these brothers, you're wrong. The law was absolutely of God. It was... Given for a time, for a season, to Him that was coming, who was the fulfillment of the law. That's what it was given for. But now He came. And this is what believers don't understand. This is how you're not under the law. Jesus came. If Jesus hadn't come, you would still be under the Mosaic law. But he fulfilled it. He took the law. When he went to Calvary, they found no fault with him. None. Because in him was the divine nature of God. And there was, that's why, you know, a few lessons back, I talked about the golden sash that was around his breast, around his chest. And that golden sash was represented that the divine nature of God, that's what was holding up that garment of righteousness, was the divine nature of God. That, that in Christ Jesus there was no sin. He never sinned. He never fell under Satan's vices. Never. So, in that he never sinned, he went to the judgment of death and died the death of the cross to release us from the law, not to live to ourselves see 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 this is where people that that have been law preachers I was a law preacher for a while myself, and I couldn't do what I would tell you to do to be truthful but we, would, we get released from the law not to live to ourselves, folks, but to live as the body of Jesus Christ in the earth. He has dominion over you. To, to you get a hold of that. To, to God's people get a hold of that. If God's people would get a hold of that, they would quit getting mad at each other because they would receive one another as the body of the Lord. They'd be real careful what they said about members of the body of Christ if they got a hold of this. They'd be real careful who they called false prophets and false teachers if they got a hold of of us being one body. I'm telling you, in the whole church system they need to get a hold of you're under the dominion of Christ yes you've been released from the law of Moses but you're released from the law of Moses to live unto Christ that's the judgment of the world I'm not bound to the world I'm bound to him see that's a judgment that has to work in my heart and had the, the rulers of that age known it, they wouldn't have crucified him, Because they lost their authority. They lost their place. They have no more dominion. You, you know that? The old priesthood has no dominion. The Levitical priesthood has no dominion in Christ. Why we still look at the Levitical priesthood is that it spoke of Him that was to come. So is it useful in understanding Christ? You better believe it. But is it useful to take and put a bunch of believers under its commands? Absolutely not. And Apostle Paul told the Romans this. He said, said, hey, these Gentiles having not the law by nature are doing the works of the law. Not through... The law, you know, being under the law, but now they become bound to Jesus Christ. They become married to Him. This is—I'm telling you—many believers do not understand their union with Christ. You know, uh, in in the Book of Corinthians, we've read this uh, a couple weeks. Paul wrote in the book of Corinthians in one place, he said that, that all were made to be dead, that you would live unto Him that rose from the dead, that we would no longer live to ourselves, but unto Him that was made alive from the dead. See, see, the prince of the power of the air has no dominion in you. The devil has no dominion in you. He hath destroyed him that hath the power of death, that is the devil. Quit walking around and fighting the devil if you are. Brother James, I believe it was, told you to rebuke the devil and he'll flee. To resist the devil and he'll flee and how you resist him is with the knowledge of the truth. If you don't know the truth, see see if I don't understand the truth, all these things are going to have a place with me. But when I begin to understand the truth, these things have no more authority. They have no more dominion. See, this is a this is a this is a dominion that we've come into. A kingdom And it's called the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, who has dominion is the king. And the king is Jesus. ain't Wayne. The king is him. So, Ephesians 2, I read this morning. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says, And you have... He quickened, verse 1, who were dead in trespass and sin. Who were dead. Get a hold of this. You're not dead anymore in trespass and sins. You're not an old man saved by grace. You have been quickened wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince, Of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. How many of us wake up in the morning and say, Thank God I'm quickened. How many have comprehended this? Thank God I'm made alive with Christ. Thank God He lives in me. How many have comprehended this reality that we're quickened with Christ by grace? And this is grace. By grace you're saved. And part of grace is being quickened. Grace doesn't just... (laughs) Oh, Just overlook your sin. Through grace you're made alive. You're quickened and you're quickened with Him. You're not just quickened of yourself. You're united with Him. Just like you're united with Him in His death. We've been reading that the last few weeks. You're united with Him in His life. And and not just quickened with Him. Raised with Him raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. How many of us say, thank God I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? Now, Paul says that. Either Paul's wrong or a lot of preachers are wrong. Because Paul clearly says you're seated And he doesn't say this is just a positional thing. He says this is a reality thing. This is real. It can be real in you. It can be real in me. How it gets real is the one he's declaring, the Lord Jesus, being made real in us. So He's raised us up, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward toward us through Christ. That the church would declare the manifold wisdom of God, which is the cross. (laughs) That's what the church should be doing, is declaring what God did in Christ at the cross instead of declaring the sweet by and by it should be what God has done right now in Christ Jesus as the spirit of God makes it real in us hallelujah to the Lamb of God that reality has to come in our hearts and our minds that you're seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus well we'll Uh, Ephesians, I believe I want one, maybe I want four, but let's try one first. And then if I need four, you're seated with Him. Keep that in your mind, you're seated with Him. So, Ephesians 1 says, Paul prayed that the eyes of your understanding, verse 18, the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. Your inside, your, your mind, your soul, your heart, See, have light shine in it. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ shine in you. That's enlightenment. Is when He shines. There ain't no enlightenment outside of Him. There ain't no light outside of Him. He's the only light you need to shine. And when He shines in you, man, He puts off some light. He gives some understanding that you can live in and walk in and know and 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 move in, but the eyes of you understand it being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. You are seated together with Christ. What Paul write? In heavenly places, Christ is seated at God's own right hand. God's own authority. God's own power. So if I'm seated with Him, I'm seated in His power. Not my power. His power. Not my authority. His authority. Far above all principality. Hear that. And power. And might. And dominion. And every name that is named not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Every name. I'm above every name. Because He's above every name. Glory to God. So the powers of the enemy has no effect on the church. Didn't Jesus say this to Peter? When, when Peter cried out, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, what did Jesus say? Blessed art thou, Simon John, for flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates, the entrance of hell, the gates of hell, shall not prevail, shall have no dominion. Glory to God over it. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. You're seated with Him in heavenly places. Far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named. That includes COVID-19. You might get sick, but it can't touch your life. Do you understand that? Your life can't be touched by anything. Because He's your life. You might even die physically. But your life can't be touched. But I believe this thing is working even in the physical realm, brothers. I believe it starts in the spiritual realm and as you get a hold of it, It'll work out the spiritual realm into the physical realm. I believe Apostle Paul says that that he shall quicken also our mortal bodies, but on the first, uh, the, the first place we've got to get a hold of it is in our hearts for it to work out and have effect into the, in the places of the earth, our earth. So I pray that none of you are affected by COVID-19, or none of my family either. That's my prayer. But if they are, my life is Christ. I have to come to that understanding. He is my life. And my life is not dictated by any situation going on in the earth. Uh, What should be happening is, is our life should be affecting situations rather than situations affecting our lives. See, the reason that is, is we don't understand what our life is. We don't see Him as our life. Glory to God. And it says, verse 22, And have put all things under His feet. How much is all? It's all. And gave Him to be head over all things to the church, which is on the corner. That we're not going to this Sunday. We're meeting on Zoom. No, He doesn't say that. He says, the church which is His body, the fullness, how much of Him? Fullness of Him. All He is. Filling all. You know, the way I like to say it, I may not have this just right, but Lord, correct me if I'm wrong. Filling all members with all He is. Filling all that he is. Filling it up. Fill it up the church with himself. But see, if I'm not looking for him to fill me with himself, this probably won't be real to me. Because I'm looking for something else. But when I begin to look for him to fill me, brother, he'll fill you. He'll do exceedingly above everything you ever thought He could do. That's the way He works. He exceeds expectations. My Lord, I I could go on and on. I'm right at 30 minutes, so I'm going to stop. But this is the place you're in. You're in a place of victory and dominion. You triumphed in Christ Jesus. He's your King. So your king triumphed over all things. He put all the works of the enemy. He he, he did away with the rulers of this world. So you're not ever going back under the Mosaic Law. But you're not free from that to live to yourself. You come out of that. And and again, I'm real careful because that law was holy, just, and good and was of God. But you come out of that law, through His death, burial, and resurrection, to live unto Him, to comprehend Him, to do what the law never could do, to be made complete. See, the law can make no man perfect. You know that? It can only show you your imperfection. But Jesus Christ can make you perfect, folks. He can make you complete, whole. That's what he wants. He wants a people to walk in the earth complete, without lack, without lacking Him, and minister that to the world. Him. It's not after a bunch of super saints running around with with with. Uh, with a whole bunch of their own revelations. He's really after a people that have Him revealed in their heart. That declare Him to the earth. Well, I pray this has blessed your hearts and your minds, and that God just keeps moving. We'll, we're going to tackle this body of sin. I've talked about it a little bit in the coming weeks. We're going to tackle it. We're going, to talk, talk, we're going to tackle what Paul talked about when he says you're no longer in the flesh. Because you've got a flesh body, but we're going to tackle what he was talking about. And we're going to tackle it to understand it. Glory to God. Lord bless you. me unmute you.